0: Life, a podcast about the impact of comics and pop culture on life and society. I'm your host, Kevin Stoliker.
1: I'm James. I'm one of your other hosts. And I'm Sean. I'm another
2: host.
0: So uh, some of the other questions that I had written down for us to talk about, um, do you have like, do you have uh, an inkling of, of what the MCU means to you personally or, or a favorite moment in the, in the series uh, um, that you, that you want to share?
2: You know, MCU, I think by and large, just like opens up really interesting role models that we haven't seen before, just in terms of like, inspiring people to like, do something that like, you don't have to be a superhero to like, do these things, right? Like, so even though we focus on these superheroes, I think, you know, you kind of being able to see how people can actually be their own kind of hero in these movies and so like for example when you saw like the trailer i think for um I can't remember if it's for captain marvel or what but you kind of see like you know some heroes are like born and you know it kind of points to um you know thor some heroes are like made and points to captain america and um you know i i think what was really interesting that you kind of see how people become heroes in all different ways and so like for tony stark the thing i really liked about iron man and i growing up i've knew of Iron Man, but never read the comics Iron Man. Um, And so when that came out, I was like, you know, I want to watch it because it's a Marvel superhero movie. But I think what was really neat about that is that it showed like he was actually just a normal guy, but he has – you know, a billion dollars and is like a genius. Right. So normal with those like caveats on there, right. Mm -hmm. But like, he didn't have like superpowers like embedded in him, like as a person or anything like that, but he took what he was or what he was able to do and like went from being this playboy, selfish guy who was just interested in making money and didn't really like, you know, gain new powers or gain anything other than just a different viewpoint and was this able to, like, show, like, how he can actually take what he's given, what he has, and use it for good, basically. And I think we see that in a lot of places in the MCU. Like, so, like, in Avengers, the scene that I really love in that movie is that part where Loki is telling everybody to kneel down to him. And then you have that, like, 70-year-old guy who was, like, standing up and said, we'll never kneel to anybody like you in, like— in and it's those moments where you see like other people who don't have these superpowers, but are standing up and doing the right thing and things like that, I think is very inspirational that we don't really get to see that in a lot of superhero movies I think Marvel this does a really good job of integrating that into a lot of their movies that they do you know and so um, I think for me this MCU just kind of made being heroes like really accessible because they have a lot of different angles and a lot of ways for you to connect and all that Um, but I think it's just it's very inspirational because now you have kids who are more interested in engineering now because they're thinking like Tony Stark was an engineer or you know kids who are more interested in um, you know just kind of learning more about the military because of Captain America and them, women and girls are going to be more interested in STEM because of Shuri and Black Panther, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's what's going to be really great about the MCU is that we're going to see all these stories and it's going to be very inspirational to a lot of people and not just the typical, you know, nerd fan of comic books.
1: When thinking about what you asked there about kind of our favorite moments in the MCU, you know, there's just so many of those. But, uh, but as we kind of talked about, you know, like Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron there a little bit. You saw, you know, Tony Stark dealing with the uh, PTSD from New York. You know, that was kind of a uh, a powerful moment. But then they kind of took that and elevated it in Endgame with Thorbowski. Okay. Uh, you know, or fat Thor or, you know, depressed Thor, whichever word you want to use that. He, like, he experiences just this terrible five-year depression after, you know, he had the chance to fill Thanos if he just went for the head. So, you know, he had that kind of universal guilt to see, you know, like half of his friends die and half of the universe die.
0: Well, even before that, half of his people on, on the ship.
1: Exactly. Uh, he exactly. As
0: guardians. Yeah. So he's got survivor's remorse.
1: Exactly. So you just kind of see that, you know, depression build and build and build. And then he gets a chance to talk to his father, you know, when they go back to get the stone from Asgard. And then, you know, he finds out he's still worthy to, you know, That was just a very powerful part of it, of that movie and in the MCU as well. You know, I think a lot of people will see that, that, you know, suffer from depression, anxiety, things like that. And they're like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not worthless like maybe there's something in there still that still makes me you know who I am and as a person who kind of goes through all this you know it's just kind of nice to see that on screen and people kind of taking notice of that so um, you know I think that's just going to help a lot of people too
2: and I think you're right, James. It's just I, I never thought about the whole idea about Thor going through survivors remorse and, and that depression part of thing. He kinda knew it but I didn't think about like until he just said it now, how that's really gonna reach out to a lot of people and make them, you know, feel like you know they're not the only ones in the world kinda going through this and that, you know, it's okay, you know.
0: One of the one of the things that I think too, and I think it's a it's a big part of why the three of us are, are doing this podcast. Is because I think one of the one of the underlying themes of the the story too is um, the fundamental importance of friendship. I mean, these these people all started in their in their individual uh, movies, but they always 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 had some sort of uh, support system. Uh, for Cap, it was uh, Bucky and um, Peggy, you know. For 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 the I mean look you don't have to look any further than the Ant Man and the Wasp uh those two movies those are really really great ensemble films because of the people that Scott Lang has around him uh to to support him and I think that that's important um, for these heroes, like that they, that they have this, like, these are other people who are like me. And, you know, at the end of the, you know, we may be out fighting to save the world or, you know, rescuing hostages or this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, I have somebody that I could talk to, um, about these things. And, and that's important. And I think it's, I think it's the same for, um, for anybody to find your tribe and find, somebody that um has a similar interest or or somebody that uh that cares enough to, to to listen um my wife and i were watching the season or the series finale of um the big bang theory last night uh, because we've been on vacation we hadn't watched it yet and and really like th- that's the the series finale um and the show entirety was about the fundamental importance of uh friendship and no matter, like, no matter, like, how different we are, that we, we have, um, something that links us, that brings us together. And, uh, the, that that's, uh, that's important. Um, the other, the other thing, my favorite, my favorite moment from any of the MCU films, uh, is, uh, from Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, and it's the, the relationship that Peter Quill has with, uh, Yondu. Uh, I, I yes. am... I am a uh, a stepkid my the the man that is uh, that I call dad has been I'm 36 he's been my dad since I was uh, in the third grade he's uh, was born born in Mexico came to the United States in the 60s and so we also look very very different uh, uh, like Yondu and, and Peter quill uh, but when he says you know he might have been your father but he wasn't your daddy I, I can't I can barely say it out loud now without uh, without tearing it up and uh, kind of the same thing happened to me when Tony got to go back in time and, and talk to his dad in uh in end game. Like those mm-hmm. are those are human moments that, that stick out in a very uh fantasy world, a very science fiction um backdrop that uh that stick with me.
2: hmm I you know, Kevin to uh, tag along on that, um, you know, my son's actually adopted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same thing that you're talking about is when Yondu said that to Quill, like, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, especially now as an adoptive father, it's good to see that what the relationship, the relationship actually means between parents and children is that it's, it's not necessarily biological, it can be biological, but it's just like what you said with Yondu, it's, you know, it may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. And like, and, and that's the same thing that's true for me It's like, Uh, my son's adopted it's like you know i've never really thought about him as being adopted i always thought of him as being my kid you know and and i think that's one of the stories that we don't get to hear often as in in the media that we know maybe we're starting to see that now a little bit but it's just how relationships and families doesn't isn't very um, what's the word i'm looking for in terms of like
0: it's not nuclear anymore it's not the way that it was in in the the um, the america of yesteryear
2: right exactly yeah so it's 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 very different and you know it comes in all shapes and sizes and that you know I, and i think as long as they keep you know showing those you know different kinds of relationships and things you know even in like in captain marvel like the one thing i really liked about i mean there's a lot of things i loved about the movie captain marvel but Um, The one thing I loved about it is that they don't really go into um, Monica's, like, who her father was, you know? (laughs) And I love that because it's a, a kid growing up with a single parent shouldn't have to feel like, they have to fill in that gap of who my other missing parent is. And they never address that. And I hope they they don't because I think that's really cool for them to like say like, this is not abnormal. Like, you know, these are realities for some people, you know? Now in my mind, I'm like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if her father was like roadie, you know, because... of that but but i loved in the movie like how they just don't even mention about that and i'm like that's great because it's helping normalizing that stuff and i think that's what we need to see with these movies is normalizing those things that we don't talk to on a talk about on a regular basis yeah
0: just because just because you don't you're not the like stereotypical family or you're the stereotypic stereotypical uh child like you you know just like Thor being um depressed, you know, you still have value, you still have uh, right. a story worth telling. So,
2: right. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, before we go, I wanted to just bring up a point about uh the one of the things we've talked about before and it has this I want to tie this to um Avengers in games domestic and foreign growth. So, I I just looked this up at the beginning of when we started recording. So, it's been out now for uh, six or seven weeks, and it has grossed domestically eight hundred and twenty-six, let's say eight hundred and twenty-seven million dollars, because the next number is a nine, so we'll round up. And then uh, its foreign gross is one point nine million dollars. So worldwide, um, it's grossed thirty percent of its total here in the United States uh, and Canada, and then foreign, uh, the other seventy percent for a grand total of two point seven billion. billion. Uh, dollars. Um, one of the things that, that that I think that we're going to see um, with with the with the next phase and with more and more stories that that come out of the comic book world is how important foreign markets are for the the sustainability of these films. I mean, this movie cost three hundred and fifty million dollars to produce, and granted, it made it back in its first weekend, but like these, these movies aren't just made for guys like you and I, uh, anymore. Like there, there are, there are far more Avengers fans outside of the United States than there are in the United States. And I think that, um, I think that we, we, ha- as an audience, we have to get on board to where the, where the story is going because the, it's, it's more about knowing who your, your audience is. And the, the stories that the MCU is going to tell are, are going to be tailored for a more diverse market. And, and they have to be if they want to, um, if they want to continue to make money the way that they are making. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that.
1: You know, I've just looked up an article that came out a couple days ago from Forbes. It's Avengers Endgame just ended at six week of domestic release with just under eight hundred twenty billion dollars, as as you said, but the thing that I'm interested in is to see how much it made in China just on that first weekend, because I'm trying to pull that up. But
0: okay, so by country, uh, you can look this up on BoxOfficeMojo.com. By country, Avengers: Endgame has grossed six hundred and fourteen million dollars uh, in china and that number is only as good as uh
1: 19. wow oh wow so i mean it's even more than that mm-hmm. so when does avengers pass avatar or has it yet
0: it's getting very very close it's probably going to come down to the wire and you know early last year um disney did a thing where over the summer they re-released films Um, in, in uh, like double features for like drive-ins and whatnot. Uh, They released uh, what's the wrinkle in time as the, as the back end of a a double feature behind a a movie that came out over the summer to help push it over a hundred million dollars. And then they did the exact same thing uh, with Ant-Man and the Wasp. They released uh, re-released Black Panther as the back end of that double feature so that they could get it over seven hundred million dollars domestically, um, because those were those were big milestones um, for those particular movies. Um, I could definitely see them doing that uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Like the, the bo- they'll get a bit of a boost after um, after Spider-Man: Endgame, but I think that's a little bit trickier because it's two different um, it's two different companies. Uh, also, an Endgame, is three hours long. So uh, yeah, it's true. But anybody, anybody on the anybody that's watching that at the back end of a double feature um, is in for a
1: long night. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would. But, you know, I'm crazy. So that's OK. But there's other people like me who would go. But I mean, just I mean, just think about this. Avengers Endgame has grossed two point seven billion dollars <laughs> in about six weeks only 820 million in North America. So the rest of it came from China, India, uh, Japan, you know, these other foreign markets.
0: China by far has the biggest share of that. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, South Korea is 104 million and the United Kingdom has 113 million. So like we could be generous and round up that um, for the English speaking world, uh, it's still only about a third of of the grosses are from uh, uh, from the English speaking world between Australia, the United States, half of Canada, and um, the United Kingdom um, and if uh, listen in, in the United Kingdom they probably have to watch it with the captions on just the way we have to watch um, those movies here to be able to understand what they're saying uh, but. Like it's, it's 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 had a huge impact world worldwide, um for a lot of different cultures because these these characters are characters that have been established for decades, and it's it's characters that that people care about, um, but like I really do firmly believe that that you you're only going to be able to tell so many stories with um you know the the stereotypical white male lead before it runs it runs out of steam like look at look at how poorly dc has handled their cinematic universe um and and their their biggest their biggest ace in the hole is is wonder woman because like she's the one she's the one that was established as a a box office draw and b um was a good movie to watch
1: i mean huh. You know, it's going to piss a lot of people off here in the U.S. when Marvel starts doing more diverse characters, because uh, I really think that Captain Marvel is just kind of the tip of that iceberg. I think that's going to lead to a Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. I read er- I read earlier this week that they've already talked to Mindy Kaling about. Um about helping to develop develop that for either, you know, for either film or the Disney streaming service,
1: I think. Oh, I, think that's, it's- oh, I mean, that's going to be fantastic. And, and I really hope it gets the movie. I really do. Because, A, it's going to be a really good movie. B, it's going to be a necessary movie because people in the United States you know, still have fear, you know, you know, there's still enough people in the United States that, you, you know, fear people that don't look like them or don't mm-hmm. talk like them or have funny names uh, in their mind. And, you know, this movie needs to be made, mm-hmm. you know, we need to start getting these more diverse characters out there. And it's not, you know, to push the envelope or anything like that, but it's just so necessary. Not diversity.
0: Not diversity for diversity's sake. Exactly. Diversity exactly. because because these are stories that need to be told. I agree with you. I think I think yeah. the other thing that will hit really really close to home for a lot of people is and and I hope I hope that they 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 take the gloves off and they go at it full force, um and in the Captain America or the uh, the Falcon and Bucky series. But I hope they address, um like the the racial connotations of having uh, a black captain america and how 50 60 years ago like that would that would have been very very ill received like it, it people like it's 2000 when when did that comic uh debut like in 2015 In 2015 there there That's were true. still people it's 2019 and people think that james bond can't be black <laughs> like I
1: mean-
2: like well, wow, people were in an uproar because Hermione in the in the play that they did was was black, and J.K. Rowling's like, I've never even specified like what her race was, you know, right. like, and, and it comes back to like, you know, yeah, why, why does that even matter? Yeah, it's
0: well, I, and I hope that I hope that they put something in there that gives the gives the the fanboy like real a moment to pause about how like how they react to things like that, like, ooh, am I part of the solution or part of the problem? Because the, uh, because if you, if you're reacting negatively to it, you're probably part of the problem. Right. I mean, I know if people, I know if people, like I live in Texas, y'all, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's racism is still, is still a thing. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised at it at all, but I am. But the people that I know that didn't like Black Panther didn't like Black Panther because he was black. I mean, it's right. not—it's not like oh, it wasn't the story wasn't good. It was—it wasn't a good movie. It was like like there's there's a this little sprinkle of racism in there. Like just, that, that's not uh, my that's not my cup of tea. I right.
1: unfortunately know people that refuse to see Black Panther because he was black yeah i mean i know unfortunately i know a few too many people like that i'm like come on man like come on it's time to get over this you know the south isn't going to rise again time to get (laughs) over it like (laughs) let's move past this go to therapy uh you know there's people out there who can help you
0: well, the, uh, the problem the problem is is I was just talking about this about like finding your tribe. The problem is is that there are there are still grosses of people with similar mindsets, and they uh, have a tendency to uh, flock to one another. But, um, you know when that when that comic book first came out, they uh, Joe Casado went on uh, Stephen Colbert to announce it and showed the the cover art and announced it that. Sam was going to be taking over as Captain America. I was super super excited. Um and my son was like just starting to like read then and he was he was really really into it and um and because because people were would refer to him as Black Captain America uh, my son began saying "Black Captain America," and I was like, "No, no, no, no!" In this house, right. he's just Captain America.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's yep. I think that that's where like everybody needs to be um, like what we all need to be striving for is so we got to get to the point where the 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 label the label is uh, is not as important uh, or isn't isn't important at all. It's the you know in in Band of Brothers where they say you know we salute the the officer, not the man. Um, And I think that that's 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 important. I tell my kids when I teach, when I taught U.S. history forever, that um, the name, the name of the president was far less important than the role that he played. And so um, that you it doesn't matter who is the president. It's always Mr. President or President Barack Obama, President Donald Trump, Um, that the title is important, is more important than the, the person uh, standing at the podium and so I think that that's I think that's something that no matter what they decide to do with the story is that it's just it, it's just Captain America and I, I hope and pray that they uh, embrace that like full force but hey uh, if you're interested you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Captioned Life uh, you can subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast platform or leave us a message on Anchor or uh, any of those services, we would love to get your your feedback and hear what you think about this conversation. Um, uh, We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll come back for another episode soon. So uh, I'm Kevin uh, Stalker.
2: I'm James. And I'm Sean.
0: And uh, this is The Caption Life. We'll talk to you later.
2: Peace out. See ya.